Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 49 on this Monday, September 18th, 2017. I am, of course, Joe Murata, and wouldn't you know it, with me as always is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Howdy doody. How's it going, man? How we doing? I'm good. Are you? Yes, very good. Are you sad that it is our last show of the summer? What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? It is. You know why? Because next week it's the fall. I don't like that. I I'm like the sorry summer. sorry about that. I don't know what to tell you. I feel you. like we've been doing this show like like the whole show has been during the summer. <laughs> it's not true at all. I know, but it just feels that way. It was a long summer. I guess so. Well, anyway, folks, thank you so much for being back with us. This is a very special episode. As we mentioned last week, every segment will be a fan request. Yes, it will be. And I think that's great because our fans have been so loyal Yes, they have. So great to us, and we want to thank you guys. I didn't. I, I, I could have never thought. Yeah, and I, I mean, almost a year. Almost a year we've yeah. been doing this. It'll be a year in October. I, I'm, I'm just surprised it's gone this long, and, and truly, like, thankful to the fans, like, who kept this going, because, I mean, do you think we would have kept going if nobody was listening? I don't know. Yeah. I, but I'm just thankful that we didn't have to cross that road. You we know, didn't. we've we've got a bunch of great fans out there and we want to thank you guys so in this episode you can blame each other for the topics if you don't like them yeah because you picked them <laughs> yes not definitely. our fault this time okay but before we get to any of that quinn i suppose we should mention the usual things first and foremost if you haven't yet why don't you go follow us on twitter at ovp podcast it's really great there quinn that's yeah, really good um there's gifts and text things and all sorts of stuff it's the best really yeah it's really good <laughs> it's really really good there's uh so many things you can do like tell us stuff yeah you know? yeah what tweet you, stuff at us whatever you can do with 140 characters you figure it out that's right very arbitrary limit there yeah yeah 140 characters we are a couple of characters by the way and so are you fans out there and you can join the characters on our facebook group quinn yes they can they can go over to facebook.feet and on there you can um join the group yes so you go in the search bar and you type our vantage point retro wrestling podcast and you don't click on the pr page no. we say this every week don't click on it don't it's not that. a group it can't click, do anything with it click on the group you hit join yep. we accept you and then you get to talk about old wrestling that's it yeah and there there, there, it. there's nothing else to say about that <laughs> and uh not only that if you use the long form email we do have one of those uh email boxes there it's ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And I think when you were saying we need to have a return address or they yeah, do. Yeah, you have to have a return address or I'll, I'll be typing like DVD links like I was to some clown. I don't know. I was giving him all these good DVDs and I send and, you know, Damon got mad at me and I don't know. I, so you got to have a return address. <laughs> Damon. Yeah, I hope that clown is still a listener, though. Yeah, me too. You're not a clown. You're Don't not worry. a clown. Sorry, I got a little mad. It's just, you know, it's the technology. It's hard for me because retro, you know? Yeah, very retro. Uh, so speaking of which, you don't have to fire up your 8-track to listen to us. No, you don't. Uh, you might be listening on SoundCloud, which is where we're hosted, at least in the meantime, Quinn. Yeah, unless, like, when this episode's
episodes up, it was like out of business and we've already moved and yeah. you were listening to an archived episode. <laughs> but you don't have to listen to us on SoundCloud because even if they go out of business, we're going to be a bunch of other places. Where are they, Quinn? Well, we're on Apple Podcast where you can subscribe or leave a review. So leave a five-star review because it's good for us and it's good for you because you get to see your name on there. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't like the show, leave a five-star review and just say it sucked. That's fine. Yeah. We're a fair compromise. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, where else are we? Well, we're over at the Google Play Music. Yeah. Stitcher. Yes. Blueberry. Yes, we are. Uh, FM Player. Oh, yeah. They're really... Who cares? Oh, oh, excuse oh. me. Oh. You know, we're over, over at Auto, too. <laughs> Otis, whatever it is. <laughs> Who uses that? No one uses that. <laughs> I just that. say because it it's the funniest one. It is the funniest one. And uh, would you say, Quinn, various other places? Yes, I would. <laughs> now, did you know one of those places, Quinn, is placetobenation.com? Oh, is it now? And did you know it's the only place to be in your pop culture world? Yours. That could possibly be true. It could be. And folks, why don't you head on over to placetobenation.com? There's some great podcasts there. Quinn and I both really like the place to be podcast yes jt rosero and scott criscolo yeah they talk about the old wrestling like we do yep. but they cover one year mm-hmm. or they just more. go in order yeah basically. they just they're just going in order and we don't we, yes. we have no order not There's at all zero order on no show. order on this show <laughs> you know another one that quinn and i really like on place to be nation is on their pro wrestling only feed it is Petey winston quinn oh yeah little Petey. <laughs> little Petey. i love his show yeah, it's a really good show it's a one man a very lonely just yeah. kind of you know sad little it's not as you know friendly show. like this one no not as dynamic, yeah. obviously, when you have a, a partner like Michael Quinn, everybody. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. But check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by Petey Winson. Yep. Great little show. So, Quinn, we have a Why Did They Bother suggestion. Yes, we do. And this one is from, I would say, the proprietor of our Facebook group's Question of the Day. Yes, it is. You know who this guy is. This is Gary Fay, and he likes to ask these very difficult trivia questions very frequently on our Facebook. Something about SummerSlam and Intercontinental Belts, I believe. Very obscure, and he he's actually a great contributor to the boards. And so, Gary, this is a shout out to you for some godforsaken reason. He wants to know why they bothered with Jameson. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a big fan of this topic because he sucks. <laughs> Tell me why, Quinn. Well. I don't really understand the, like, end game of this, first of all. Okay. He comes in, and he's, like, Bobby's sidekick yeah. or something on the Bobby the Brain Heenan show. That's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. The Bobby Heenan show, first of all, was weird and bizarre in itself. Yes, it was. Because that was this strange era in for, like, four episodes in 89 of primetime. They chopped off the last half hour of it. Yeah, they did. And they gave it to Bobby Heenan, which... You'd think, I guess, in theory that it would work. Yes. Did it work? No, it didn't at all. It was like, <laughs> it was just weird. It had the Rosati twins or whatever yeah. and Jameson and they would interview weird people and stuff. I'm going to give the guy a job. I may need something. I may need something picked up off the floor. I may need to go get coffee. I may just need something. Well, I'm going to bring him out now. And I'd like a warm welcome at home. You people sitting on the rented furniture. My sidekick, my man's man, my gopher. Jeremy or Jameson, doesn't whatever. But his sidekick was Jameson. Now, can you describe Jameson physically if our fans don't know? Well, he's like a man child, kind of. He dressed up kind of like a dork, like in the vein of like Pee Wee Herman, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. He's he basically he's always sniffling and like wiping his nose right. with his tie. Greasy hair. And he talks like a child. One of these weeks you're gonna shake my hand, I know it. 
Yes, my hand will fall off. The nerd glasses. Yeah. The black frame glasses. Yes. Suit that doesn't fit him, like crappy shoes. Yeah, like the, the pants are like too short and he's right. wearing like white socks because what nerd of wear, course. doesn't wear white socks with a suit? The only thing I didn't get, was he a nerd or was he dumb? Was he like <laughs> homeless or was he nice? I can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't know like, what it was. Was he like special or something? Like, I'm serious. Like, I don't know. Was, is, was there like a problem with him mentally? I can never figure that out. I don't out. think so. I think he was just a dumb nerd. Yes. I guess. Is that possible? How could you be a dumb... That's like that's an, an oxymoron. oxymoron. Yeah. It absolutely is. It's stupid. So, Bobby Heenan obviously <laughs> made him the butt of many a joke on the Bobby Heenan show. The Bobby the Brain Heenan making fun of him aspect was like the best Ugh. part of it. Even though none of it made any sense at all. Like, why is he here? Why is he like helping manage people or something? <laughs> why does Bobby have his own show? Yes. There's a lot of things that didn't make sense. You haven't been swimming in Alaska, have you? No. no. I was wondering about the oil in your hair. The best part, and if you could call it a best with Jameson's career, was when for some weird reason he was the Bushwhackers like valet <laughs> yes would you say manager i wouldn't I, say manager i wouldn't really say manager he was more like a ladylike manager i guess <laughs> well uh, because the best part is at royal rumble 92 where the genius yes is with the beverly brothers and jameson is with the bushwhackers and they have this hideous 16 minute match yes it's very long yes and there are two great things about it bobby heenan and gorilla's commentary all the way through oh it's wonderful because bobby is just on fire yes. with the lines about jameson i mean it's so easy though he's just acting like a fool out there the whole match i know it's like jameson hasn't washed his hair in about six years who dresses him the state oh i think they have legitimately adopted jameson well, what happened? Their dog died? Huh. You know, Jameson used to come home from school every day and find out that his parents had moved. Will you stop? They used to wrap his lunch in a rope map. Is he the one that said his parents ran away from home? Yes, or something like his that? parents <laughs> ran away from home and all that. They just, they ran away from home. Kept remarking how disgusting he was. The duct tape on the shoe and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> you got that human trash can at ringside. Jameson wears all designer clothes. Did you know that? Designer clothes? Yes. Marquis de Slump of Newark. Yeah, he is smart. You got to give him credit for that. He put the white tape right around his shoe. That's a move I would have done, Monsoon. But the best part of the match <laughs> is when the genius, like unprovoked and for no reason, just like saunters over to Jameson yes. and slaps him. Yes, because even the genius who would like never get physical, always he's the one getting beat yeah. up. Even he's like, enough of this. This is so <laughs> stupid. And then Jameson has one of the best like reactions. He's like, he headed me. He headed me hard. And then he's asking people, he's like, is it Bladen? Is it Bladen? And that's where it comes from, how we always say, is it Bladen? Yeah, is like, it Bladen? Even though Piper said that You're like before, yeah, like, it's we really do from it, Jameson. We do it in the Jameson like yeah. voice, is I guess. Is it Slapped him right across the face! What a despicable act! Wash your hand, genius! He hit it, me! He's giving him an education. He hit me hard! Didn't hit you hard enough, you're still breathing. Is it Bladen? No, it's not Bladen, Jameson. Is it Bladen? We still say that in our everyday lives. Sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, is it's, it Bladen? It's probably like the apex of Jameson. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe that's why they bothered to provide a little humor, Quinn. I guess. But here's a question for you, because I don't even remember. Mm. Was he even like around in 90 at all? 
I don't know because was he what like, happened to him? Was he another attempt at a mascot before the gobbledygooker? Maybe that's what I think. Like so fan friendly. That's actually like, like my hi everybody. Yeah. I'm gonna sign your autograph. So it's funny you say that because my only like theory to like rationalize why Jameson exists because he really is just stupid and like yeah. he has no business being in wrestling. No period. <laughs> and my only rationale is that they thought like oh if he's like a big kid. Mm-hmm. kids will relate to him and like maybe are they trying to say wrestling fans are nerds too i think little kids would have beat him up honestly like <laughs> he, no kid wanted to relate to that well he would have been the kid that got beaten up and he would have also been the kid that no kid wants to be friends with because they're like i ain't being caught dead with jameson on the playground like <laughs> it's sad though but it's true maybe it made like even like smaller kids who did get beat up they're like i'm better than him like you know that kind of thing maybe but i don't think that was the intention i think it was a case of Vince being like, you know what? Let's just try something different. <laughs> it's different, all it's right. It's definitely different. I don't know. It's memorable, though. It's memorable, memorable enough to talk about and reminisce about. Is it memorable to the, like, most fans, though? Because I don't hear, like, Jameson, like, talked about, like, a lot. Like, if you go to, like, Squared Circle or some <laughs> wrestling message board, like... They don't talk about Jameson. I've never heard anybody talk about Jameson. Well, folks, let me take this opportunity to remind you to send us your Jameson memoirs. <laughs> let us know what you think of Jameson, because really, there wasn't much to his career other than the Bobby Heenan show and I think primetime appearances and yes. stuff. The Royal Rumble era 92 mm-hmm. appearance. He also appeared like occasionally on primetime. I remember that. I think he's on the last primetime in 93. Oh, my God. He goes that far. Or maybe late 92. Was he lingering? Yeah. Jameson, congratulations on your big night. You deserve it. And thank you for adding so much to the primetime and Bobby Heenan show telecasts. <laughs> Sincerely, Vince McMahon. I don't was, remember. How, was he employed by them? I don't even know. I can't imagine that they actually like had him on salary, <laughs> yeah, right? To wear a fucking like dirty suit and say like <laughs> four things like, oh man, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, this is for you, Bobby. I don't like you. This is bad. Like I, you yeah. could have played Jameson. I, I could have played Jameson. I could have. You just greased up my hair. <laughs> that should be like the logo to this episode. It's like we just dress me up like Jameson or something. <laughs> that is a very weird now, ho- Halloween costume idea. On an, on an odd side note to kind of yeah, like this wrap, is an up, odd. wrap up Jameson here. Yes. Now, wasn't he on, like, Everyone Loves Raymond or something to that effect? First of all, it's everybody yeah, loves Raymond. Whatever. Okay, not everyone. Sorry. Everybody who well, cares about their body. Uh, he was not. That was something I actually told you <laughs> misinformedly. Oh, really? A few years ago. There was this rumor, because no one knew who the hell this Jameson guy was, right? What if his name is just Jameson it's in real not. life? It, it's actually John DiGiacomo. Um, he's a... What very, a name. Yeah, well, it's Italian. Very small-time comedian, John Giacomo. But anyway, apparently he's so small-time that no one knew who the hell this guy was, right? <laughs> it just made me wonder, is somebody like this guy, I mean, is he like in nightclubs doing the Jameson character and like people throw like tomatoes at him or something? I would. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not do that character? You can milk that thing. You just That's get like, like an Andy Kaufman style You just get thing. a long uh, cane with a hook and like take him off <laughs> the <laughs> stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dear Jameson, go fuck... <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
but not only was <laughs> not only did no one know who he was, apparently when this other like obscure comedian showed up as like <laughs> one of Raymond's like couch friends that never mattered. <laughs> yeah, watch you know sports what I mean, right? with him yeah, or something. Exactly. The nerdy one. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Andy Kindler. Apparently a rumor got started that I bit onto <laughs> that that was Jameson, and yes. I really believed it you until really, recently. You really champed onto that bit. <laughs> I did champ onto that bit. But no, Jameson was not, you know, he had never achieved the level of an Everybody Loves Raymond recurring character. That would be a huge jump for, like, the guy who played Jameson to be on Everybody Loves Raymond. This is how exciting Jameson was, Yes, he's so a, a topic of Everyone yeah. Loves Raymond. Thanks, Gary, really, for yeah. the suggestion. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I see why they bothered. I get it. Something I still different. don't after this really? conversation. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, this is, like, the first one where I'm like, I'm not sure, actually. A little comic relief. Someone, probably someone for Bobby Heenan to make fun of an improviser. Well, I guess, you know, he left at just the right time because Helen Hart was making her way in. And that was, yeah. yeah, You know what? (laughs) Bobby needed that fodder. Yeah, he can't do two at once. That can't get in the way there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a major problem with it. I guess I was a little bit quizzical when I first saw it as a kid. Yeah, it it just doesn't fit in, I guess. No, I mean, they didn't explain. Here's the thing if you didn't watch the day-to-day programming. Let's say you came in a little bit later like we did. Yeah. Like, I saw Coliseum video Rumble 92. That was my first exposure to Jameson, <laughs> which I still need to get vaccinated for. <laughs> and <laughs> Isn't that what Bobby said to do? Did he? Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Shots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. That. That's like in your brain. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what is this guy? I was like <laughs> 9, 10 years old. I was like, like scouring no, tapes right. to find him. And they don't explain who he is. Yeah, he's just there. He's just there. And I I think that's the best legacy of Jameson. He's just kind of there. He's kind of there. That's that's the legacy of Jameson. He said, is it Biden? Is it Biden? <laughs> he got slapped by the genius. Yep. And Bobby made a ton of jokes about him, which obviously you've heard throughout this episode as yeah. we've been talking. So why did they bother? I guess so we can just laugh. Yeah. They didn't take it seriously. I mean, it's been a fun 15 minutes dwelling on Jameson. To I would be say it has. Yeah, he, right. He's, he, the jokes write themselves with Jameson, right? You know, they certainly do, Quinn. And speaking of which, folks, we want to continue to have you write into this show. So why don't you reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Like we mentioned, you can email us or simply go to our Facebook group. Let us know what you thought of Jameson, if they should have bothered or not. Personally, I don't have a big problem with it. I'm not going to lie, Quinn. They probably should. Have know. I converted you, though? A little. A little bit. It's good enough. Good and, for you. <laughs> well, folks, good for you, because we will be back right after this. We're on the air. What's the matter with you? Yeah, I, got, I got some bad news for everybody. What? I got some bad news for the people out there, too. You know, um, concerning Jameson, you know how we, uh, how I uh, get on his case a lot and everything? Yeah. He's alive. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, he's alive. He should be alive. He's alive. Oh. He's alive, he's alive. Oh. He's alive. and well, of course he is. Maneuver CPR. You're really out of good grip on him, Jim. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, Everyone should. Something. That's right. Everyone should learn CPR and mouth to mouth and all that. Uh, I mean, he should have pulled his cheap. pants up around his neck and tightened the notch on his belt about the 13th it's hole. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 49 here on Monday, September 18th, 2017. As we mentioned, one more episode till the finale, Quinn. Yes. And this episode is made possible by you because every topic is picked from our suggestion box, Quinn. By listeners like you. By listen, <laughs> Like PBS. <laughs> yes, exactly. We walk over to the box, we pull it out. 
Yeah. And whatever it says on the paper is what we do, right? You know, we print out those Excel oh, sheets. Yeah, of course. Every what do you week. think? This is fruitless? Yeah. Every week there's like a fax machine with the with the suggestions. We coming have interns through. too. Yeah. You know, they do it for us. You don't see them. We don't have time for that. And one's Lord Alfred. <laughs> I like the joke that he's still alive, by the way. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, this is a suggestion for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have put and will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert. Of Death Valley in this case. Yes. (laughs) Because this is a suggestion from A.J. Smith, and he wanted us to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Undertaker WrestleMania Matches. Very interesting and probably a very fun topic. This one leapt right out of the box for you, Quinn. You were yeah, all into this I one. I saw this because I guess it was my turn to pick or whatever. Yeah. So I picked this from the suggestion box, and I laughed because while there is very good Undertaker matches, there's a lot of stinkers, too. There are a lot of stinkers. So, AJ Smith, thank you for the suggestion. I guess, Quinn, since technically you had the pick... You have the I stick. have the yeah, stick. Have I the introduced stick. the pick. Yeah. Because it's... But whatever. It's a fun episode. We both knew already yeah. anyway. Because yeah. we had to pull the suggestion right. out of the box. Spoilers. So I'm going to start with one of the best. And I think I'd be kind of a, an a-hole to not pick this one. But his first match with Shawn Michaels at Wrestle 25. Yes. That is probably The Undertaker's best match, to Ever. be honest with you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best performances of The Undertaker's career, period. Like, it probably is his best match ever. I think you're right. Yeah, like, I really do. And I mean, the only other stuff that sticks out in The Undertaker's career for me as far as like matches, mm-hmm. and I know you're just going to like poo on this, but the Hell in the Cell. Both of them, though. The first two. Yeah. His Shawn Michaels Hell in the Cell match also. Right. But I'm saying those Hell in the Cell matches, those stick out too. But I mean, those weren't at WrestleMania. But the point remains, it's like, I think this even tops those. I think so. I think Undertaker and Shawn had some kind of freakishly good chemistry. Yes. They always had good matches. They always, always did. They were like made for each other. It was so nice. They did it twice. (laughs) They did. They did it again at Wrestle 26. Yeah. Which wound up being Shawn Michaels retirement match. Right. But. The WrestleMania 25 match was better. Yes, no doubt about it. The first one was the best one. You know, I have a soft spot for the second one because it is Sean's it's last great. match, but it's not as good as no. Wrestle 25. It's and, not. and the reason we say that, by the way, this is a good time to bring this up. Yes. The reason we say Wrestle 25 is because infamously, The Undertaker was cutting a promo for this match on Raw to hype it up or whatever. Yeah. And he, he's like, at Wrestle 25, I'm <laughs> going to beat you, Shawn Michaels. Yep. Like, at Wrestle tw- at WrestleMania 25. You know, speaking of the Undertaker streak real quick, and speaking of his WrestleMania matches, mm-hmm. for those that might not be as informed, the Undertaker had an undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Oh, did he? <laughs> Hey, there's some people might not know this. Well, I'm only saying this because, I mean, this is going into now. I mean, this was like the featured thing for WrestleMania. From 1991 until 2014, The Undertaker was undefeated at WrestleMania. Uh, And Brock Lesnar broke that streak. And Mm -hmm. perhaps we'll mention that. Perhaps we won't. But yeah, as far as quality of match... That's his best one of the WrestleMania, and like you said, maybe ever. Yeah, like, probably. Literally ever. There's people, there's wrestlers who I've heard say, like, The Undertaker should have never wrestled again after that match. Like, it, it was that good. It would have been fine if he yeah. didn't, honestly, in my opinion, you know that. But not only was that a great wrestling match, but the story surrounding it, although it was a short build, remember, it started at the Royal Rumble. 
did they it. were both in it. Right, and, and didn't they, f- they eliminate each other or something? Something like that, and they they kind of got into it, and they hyped this match really well. Yes, they did. Shawn Michaels was not quite a heel for it, but he was kind of being a little dicky. Yes. Like, slightly dicky, but not, if I recall. I mean, he still was Shawn was Michaels, Shawn. like... Yeah, version, uh, yeah. Born-again Christian angle, Yes, he too. was. Because then that, they played that, too, because it was like... The Undertaker was, white. Yeah, the Undertaker was dark, and he yep. was light, yeah. And I remember when we watched Wrestle 25 together, you and I did, Yes, uh, with a friend of ours, Carter, I remember we were all really excited for that match. Yeah, didn't we watch that on a projector, too, if we I recall? We might have. Yeah. That was a special WrestleMania. I, I never had done something like that. It was before. pretty it was cool. Pretty cool. But I think overall, yeah, match quality, build, the two wrestlers involved, yeah, everything about it. I think it has to be number one. Are you with me? I'm with you. Let's do it. Number one, Undertaker Shawn Michaels from 2009 WrestleMania 25. <laughs> What do you think of Michael? I am a big fan of the first time The Undertaker and Kane fought at WrestleMania. I think that was the second biggest Undertaker match at WrestleMania behind Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 14. Yes. Undertaker Kane. And I'm not saying the match is good, but it's like a seminal moment in The Undertaker's career. It's like it's kind of like the beginning of like the modern Undertaker. In a way, it is. What had happened there, it had a really good build as well. Yeah. Kane had debuted, as we all know, in October at the first Hell in the Cell match. That's got to be Kane. You yeah. Know? Rips the door off rips and all that. Off. And he was kind of portrayed as the younger, more evil, more powerful, more invincible version of The Undertaker. Yes. It's like no one could hurt the guy. Right. Mankind was, lost to him. He was basically like Undertaker baby. Like, because he was his baby brother, so... Yeah, Kane Undertaker. And, and just, he had fire powers. Yes, and, he, he was like Mario. Right. He had, like, the alternate powers. Like, the Undertaker had, like, I guess, electricity, yeah, and, he like, he lightning. could turn lights on and stuff. <laughs> I guess yeah. he was, like, electric Pokemon. Like, if yeah. you were to, like, think... And, like, Kane's, like, the Charizard. He's, like, fire Pokemon. You finally worked a reference like that no, into well, the show, huh? it even makes sense, because he can turn the lights on, and electricity... Is what powers the light. Sure, he's, he's like Nuclear Man from Superman 4. Where is the woman? Give it up, you'll never find her. If you will not tell me, I will hurt people. Yeah, not, not so really. much. Okay, but yeah, you know what? That was another match where as a kid, when I watched WrestleMania 14, I was very excited for that. Yes. It's not a good match, though. It's not good, but I think as We're far as about- Undertaker yeah. matches go, I mean... You know, we're working with Undertaker matches here, so like, (laughs) please give us some leeway here. Very good point. But honestly, it's a really good showing for both. It puts both... To me, I I feel like both of them were over after it. I mean, they both went on to like that whole world title exchange with Austin. in 98, yep. Clearly, they were over. And it was, you know, a great coming out party for Glenn Jacobs as a main eventer. Not that that was the main event, but it helped him get to that. Yeah, it was a great coming out party for Glenn Jacobs. Wouldn't you think? I mean, yeah, and they had tried to put him over for a while. I thought it was fun. I don't know if I'd put that onto Mount Rushmore, though. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, what about the CM Punk match? Um, it was okay. I just... Really? It always left a bad taste in my mouth. Because Punk lost. Right, and it was like, to me, that was one of the moments where it seemed like, this is a guy that should be put over by The Undertaker. Like, this should be the end of the streak. Yeah, you know what it probably should have been? Because CM Punk was so hot at that point. He was. That yeah. was like his big period. That the kind of towards the, the end it of tailed his big off, run. But we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know he that, was no. still awesome. Now you wouldn't put either, any of the Triple H matches on there, would you? 
Um, he had like it, three. The, the one where like they all leave together or whatever, the big emotional moment. I where guess Sean's like, the ref. I guess that one's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I really like the WrestleMania 17 match a real lot. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? Now that you remind me, that one's the best of the three. I, although the like, you know, leave the memories alone, but it wasn't there. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like the other one's emotional. And yeah. it's a hell in the cell, too, by the it way. It is. It is. Um, but. Definitely, that 17-1 is better. Actually, that might be one of the better Undertaker matches I've ever seen. It's the culmination, as we all know, WrestleMania 17 was the culmination of the Attitude Era anyway. Yeah. That was the culmination of the Undertaker's biker-taker character really being good for one of the last times. Because everything after that was like, he kicked DDP's ass. Yeah. Then he turned heel, he cut his hair, he became Big Evil. And Booger Red. And Booger Red and all that. And then that was right before Triple H, you know, went down to his first of a couple quad injuries. Yes. And uh, it was the last time Triple H was like healthy. Yeah. I mean, really, the classic game Triple H, the one from like 99, 2000. And he just had the moments, like the going into the crowd and like fighting and like The Undertaker was so much more vicious than he he usually was. And like they always would hype how vicious he was. But honestly, he would just be like, oh, like and just (laughs) beat up somebody or whatever. Like I'd never seen him power bomb someone off a scaffold or whatever that was that weird ass bump that he took right yeah that was awesome I love that match. And again, that's another one where I was so hyped for it as a kid. Yeah. And I didn't know who was going to win. Honestly, I don't remember being hyped for it. And I think that's why it came off as a bigger deal to me. It was like a pleasant surprise. Like how good it was. Yeah, it was. It was very good. Is this number two? It might be. And this is a rare case because The Undertaker would fight the same people multiple times. Yes, he did. Of course. Yeah. Honestly, a a lot of people would probably say that one of the other triple h matches was better yeah but i think this one just as a standalone wrestling match is great it's just fun i mean i think it's quite possible that the other triple h match could make it into rushmore also maybe but the other two triple h matches especially the one you're talking about they feel like more like that modern paul Levesque style yeah. of forcing a classic on you yeah. it's way too long the second time though if i recall a lot of people were convinced like everyone in that match was retiring and no one did (laughs) yeah but at the same time triple h i believe became more of a part-timer after that yeah i guess so so it kind of was the end of an era if you will good for him the 17 one is more fun no the 17 one's better i'm saying put that in but i'm just saying let's table the triple h like three match three or whatever it's on the table but for now Keep it on the table. <laughs> Keep it on the table. For now, Undertaker Triple H from WrestleMania 17, Quinn? Yes. You're going in on it? Yep. All right, let's do it. Here it is. While we're on the Triple H topic, yeah. the first of the, you know, the one after Sean, not, yeah. not the years before or whatever, mm-hmm. that first one of the two, when The Undertaker was a better wrestler, <laughs> um, <laughs> that one felt to me like Triple H said, oh, Sean had good matches. Let me like show him or something. That's the thing that always bothered me, too. So Undertaker and Sean go back to back two years in and a row. And they're awesome. And they're awesome. And then Triple H is like, no, uh, I have to do it, too. Uh. Right. That hurts the first one, but they kind of made up for it in the second one. They did. Yeah. Now, you know what, Quinn? Here is one that I don't know if this really, this fl- flies under the radar a lot when mm-hmm. it comes to The Undertaker. This match is 
damn good. And I remember thinking it at the time and in retrospect. Undertaker Batista from WrestleMania 23. Oh, is that is the excellent? Is that the one where the Undertaker like wins the world the title world, at the end? Yeah, the the big gold belt. Right. That was great. That was a pretty good match, and I remember it felt like a big moment because I didn't really, even though it's the Undertaker in the streak and everything. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, "He's not going to win the title at like right. now, right?" Like <laughs> from Batista. Yeah. So you kind of had that like as a wall, a barrier for the Undertaker continuing his streak, right? The title's on the line. That's exactly. that's always a good setup. So I really like that one. Excuse me, more than probably the Triple H ones, just because I don't like. Big main event Triple H. I don't think they're that good. I think he tries too mm-hmm. hard to manufacture these like epic classics. Well, what like about Dory Funk Jr. or something? Here's one that I think is good because it does its job. Okay, fair enough. The Undertaker versus Jake the Snake. Yeah, all right. So we're not being Dave Meltzer, right? Right. Doesn't matter what it is. is a match, right? No match. No, it doesn't matter. The point is this. Is somebody needed to like pass the torch to the Undertaker as like the creepy guy, I guess. And I know that sounds stupid. Yes, it does. But at the same time, it's like Jake was that like cryptic. He wasn't a phenom, I guess, but he was like similar, I guess. Oh, no, Quinn. I think you're stretching. You here. don't think so? I thought Jake is like the closest thing they had to Undertaker before Undertaker. He's the closest thing they had, but he well, they weren't the same. You don't think it was like an apropos passing of the torch? It was apropos, but I don't know if I could put it on Rushmore as an Undertaker greatest match. Batista, overall, that thing was better. No, it was a better match, but I'm saying match. like for the importance of it. You it was know? a better match? Yeah. I don't know. Don't forget the Kane thing you mentioned. Yeah, the Kane thing. From 14. Oh, did, we didn't put that on. Did no, we, we didn't, because, hmm. again, I don't know. I don't know. The the Jake one holds importance to me, because, obviously, the Jimmy Snuka one is... who Jimmy Snuka sucks. Now, like, that was a passing of the Phenom, though, if you want to be fair. Yeah, but then it's passing of the creepy, I guess. <laughs> and now that overrides like, the Phenom? No, now he's got, like, both powers. Oh, so Phenom he, and creepy. Yeah, so now, so he, a creepy phenom. now he's, like, the full Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Quinn. I would have to say... If we're talking about Undertaker's greatest matches, Mm -hmm. in terms of overall quality, I think I have to give the nod to the Batista thing from WrestleMania 23. Um, It's really good, and it had no right being as good as it was. I'll give it to you there. I mean, it was pretty good. Before we just put that on, Mm -hmm. what do you think about the streak-breaking Brock Lesnar victory? (sighs) I don't know. It's a piece of crap match. Yeah, but it's stunning. It It is. The desired reaction was there. It's like a very memorable moment. It's one of the things that makes WrestleMania 30 one of like the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you, but it kind of has that feel of like an end Night Shyamalan movie where you watch it for the first time and you get that twist ending, but you can never look at it the same again. True. Well, you, like you that? can. That was good. You're right in that sense. However, I do get goosebumps just seeing the reaction afterwards every time. So that part holds true. Maybe it's just drafty in the house. <laughs> no. Come on, Joe. Seriously, like... Are you really going to like... I'm not going to say it's like, not a, a not a stunning moment. I agree with you. It is. I, it think is. It's, I think it's like a contender. Let's put it that way. It's a contender. I mean, if you're talking Undertaker Kane, 
Right. Which I don't really, I, I don't think I can acquiesce to that one. I would say Brock Undertaker is more important than that. I'll say this. Okay. I think Batista should probably go up there for match quality. I think so. But then, what are we at? Three now? That'll be the third. So we have the rest to decide are basically like moments. So let's put the Batista on, right? I think we should. Yeah, let's put it on. Just get it on. There. All right. So for number three, Batista Undertaker, WrestleMania 23 in 2007. Well, now it's time to duke it out, Quinn, because you are proposing Undertaker Jake as one of them. Yep. Are we thinking Undertaker Kane still? Yes. From from because now 14. now we're at moments here, and and right. and Brock Lesnar. I think those are the only ones because the rest of this stuff is kind of. Mm. You're not a uh, you're not feeling the CM Punk match, huh? Nah, really? yeah, because it, it, it's the it over it gets overshadowed by like it's just burying Punk like quite literally too. <laughs> Yeah. What about the Diesel match, WrestleMania 12? I do like that match. That match was unexpectedly good, but it doesn't, it doesn't overall, do yeah, it doesn't you, right? do anything for me. <laughs> and it's at like, isn't it at WrestleMania 12? It is. It's at like, no one cared. Like, honestly, no You're one right. cared. It meant, and really it was, wound up not meaning anything. Yeah, it was just something for Diesel to do before he quit. Something for Undertaker to do yeah. before Mankind. Yeah, exactly. You know? All right, so we can throw that off the table. Uh, Undertaker Jake, I don't know. I mean, well, then again, then again, he did kill him, and no one ever beat him that badly. And no one gives, like, Jake the credit. He was a big star, and he's just he letting this, like, new guy just literally, beat like, shit beat the shit him. out of him. Like, he doesn't get anyone up on him ever. Undertaker pretty much just murders him like, in like Jake, eight minutes. Yeah, Jake tries to like trick him on the outside or something, and he just DDTs him, and he no-sells it, like on the pavement or whatever. No, he DDTs him on the inside, but Undertaker tombstones him on the outside. Oh, that's it. That's Correct. what it is. But still, he, even he, so, he DDT'd him. The DDT was unbeatable. Right. No one has ever gotten up from two DDTs. I've never seen anybody get up from one. So for a passing of the torch from the old guard to the new? Yeah. To the old creepy to the new? Yeah. It's good. All right, well, we got to match it up then. We have the Brock is another passing of the torch a little bit, too. So it, there, that goes I into know, that. I know, that's the thing. And that did more, obviously, for Brock than it did for Undertaker. I will say that, because Brock's comeback stunk before that. <laughs> it did. And this, like, sent it into, like, the stratosphere. Like, he's still over, even though it's, like, the tail end of it right it now. It is right like, now. It's... Like, he's still a threat. He is. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's all based off of that. Oh, man. All right, well, both of those... And then somewhere in the middle is Kane. I would say both of those trump Undertaker Kane in terms of importance. You think? Okay, even Jake. Yeah. Because Kane is a big character-building thing. It is, but I think if Undertaker would have lost that match, it would have still... They both would have still turned out the same as they did. Correct, it would. If Jake would have won, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's would have killed the under. I mean, that's two and zero right on the streak. So yeah, well, like, would have killed the streak. Killed right? the streak. Yeah, but also, uh, Undertaker had only lost to one person officially. You know, like on TV at that point, um, which was Hulk Hogan. Yes, and the Warrior that might have been televised, and that was it. So yeah. you throw Jake into that, and he's on his way out. That right. would have really diluted them. Yeah, I think anyway. Mm-hmm. But so, the Brock. So the Brock. I think it's between the Brock and the Jake right now. The Undertaker Brock match is not very good. The Undertaker Jake match is not very good. Right. So throw the match quality right. out. Match? That, yeah. No match, match quality? No, hey, throw the match what quality out. What about the out. star ratings? It doesn't matter in this case because they're Undertaker matches. But star <laughs> ratings, Quinn, work rate. Shh. 
Acai moonsaults. Batista got on there because of that. So that's my title match. Yeah, Mister Title Match himself. <laughs> I think that's, he started like asking for title matches after, after that. that. Yeah, he says, "Congratulations, where's my rematch?" Yeah, exactly. Congratulations. I want my rematch. Then I hated him forever after right. that. His last time Batista was good. <laughs> Other than when he came with the like pants that were falling off. You remember that? That was funny. And Blutista was funny. Yeah, Blutista. But anyway, as we, as we pick a winner here, we're disqualifying the two other Triple H matches. Mm-hmm. We are disqualifying. You really aren't feeling CM Punk, huh? No. Damn, I'm surprised because you're a big punk apologist. I am, but no. Really? No, because it, the ending sucks because CM Punk loses. He should win. He's like the guy to pass the torch to. He might have stayed if he had won that match. He really might have because remember he complained about He was about all it. bitchy, about, he's bitchy it, about everything. But that's when it like that sent him over the edge. I and guess it, so. That, that And that's that's a shame. Yeah, but he's the kind of guy that'll be bitchy if his peanut butter and jelly sandwich is upside down. He's like Sean in that case. But Sean never just got up and left because he lost a match. No, he faked knee injuries. But he didn't leave leave, <laughs> is my point. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Sean, what about his Wrestle 26 match? Sean's retirement match? It's good, but it's just... I don't think it's as... Uh, it is important. Um, but hmm. Sean could have retired against anybody. He could have. He could have, but however, the streak versus the career, to me, though, come on. We knew Sean was done. Yeah. I mean, he was was inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before. That's the sign right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, like, as old as The Undertaker's ass was by then, he was the same age as Sean. Right. Undertaker wrestled thrice a year, maybe, at most. Yeah. Sean was still doing a pretty full schedule. You knew Sean was the one leaving. Yes. You know, there was no suspense there. There was no suspense. So... How about this? How about to clear our consciences? Consciences. Yeah. Because this is our show mm-hmm. for the fans. Why don't we limit it to one wrestler versus Fine. the Undertaker fair, on fair. this? Okay. So that's why Triple H yeah, is disqualified. It's getting complicated. That's why Michaels yeah. is disqualified. Yeah. So it's between Undertaker Jake right. and Undertaker Brock. Is that really what we've come down to? Yeah. It's like the beginning and the end, basically. Mm, all right, Undertaker Brock Quinn. Yeah, Undertaker Brock. I, I think we have to. It's just because the moment's more shocking. I think at the time nobody understood the impact. The impact they do now, mm-hmm. but Brock, everyone got it. Every the the wind was literally blown out of the, the arena. Right. You know? Whereas Undertaker could have beaten Jake at a house show at MSG on TV. Yeah, and fine. You know what I yeah. mean? But like this Undertaker Brock thing was like a once ever type of thing that was ever going to happen like that. It was stunning. Stunning. All right. You know what? Breaking the streak. Undertaker Brock Lesnar WrestleMania 30 for number four. Let's do it. Well, that is our Mount Rushmore of Undertaker WrestleMania matches. To recap, of course... For Donnie, also a fan of the show, never makes it to the suggestion box. Nope, not for some at all. reason. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Spreadsheet himself yeah. <laughs> never makes it to the suggestion yeah. box. But we have The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. We have The Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 17. Yep. We have The Undertaker versus Batista from WrestleMania 23. And maybe not surprisingly, we have The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 30. So that is the best. Quinn, why don't you start with one of the worst? 
And I'm going to start with um, the Undertaker handicap match. <laughs> oh, no, from 19? Yes. WrestleMania 19 is like the WrestleMania 9 of its era <laughs> to me, like in all honesty. It is. It's so unmemorable and unnecessary. I know everyone, the Jericho, Shawn Michaels match, but I mean. And the Brock Angle thing. It's like, isn't that like where, where Brock breaks his neck? Ray Mysterio does something with like his hat or something. <laughs> What? You remember the feathers or no, he was like Green Lantern. I don't remember. Rey Mysterio something at WrestleMania. Who cares about Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania? Well, anyway, it was the Undertaker versus A-Train and, and Big, Big Show. Show. Oh, like, God. why? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a handicap matchup. The Undertaker's partner, Nathan Jones, was taken out by a sneak attack and ambush. I don't even remember the origins. I just remember it existed and it sucked. It was really bad, but Quinn, if we're talking Death Valley, Undertaker Giant Gonzalez. Oh, well, of course. Okay, that match, like, is easily the worst. Okay. Without question. Because it's a horrible wrestling match. It's awful. And the chloroform. Don't forget the, the chloroform. There's a chloroform rag. Yeah. It's at WrestleMania 9, which I think is great, but, you know, let just the haters stop. hate. Stop. Let the haters hate. Yeah. That's what I say. Whatever. And it's Giant Gonzalez who might be, if we did a Death Valley of wrestlers, <laughs> he just might, wrestlers. Yeah, he might be the worst. Right. He might One be. of the worst professional wrestlers I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he was all like, and he didn't do anything. He was just like, Ugh. and he didn't like when he was El Gigante or whatever. El Gigante? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> El Gigante. Um, and he also sold like he had a bug in his eye. <laughs> like anytime he got punched, he's just like, oh, 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 I got a bug in my eye. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> That's that definitely sucks. the worst. I, I think <laughs> I, I think A Train Big Show should still be a factor. I'm keeping it around. Yeah, yeah. Don't throw that in the garbage can. Just well, we want to throw all these matches in the garbage can. Actually, they suck in the desert of right. Death Valley. Yeah. with the Undertaker. Right. Mm -hmm. You got that. Thank you. Uh, so I think if we're talking about the poop standard as yep. far as Undertaker matches, yeah, Gonzalez, it has to be because yeah. that match is terrible. Yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing redeemable other than the Undertaker comes on a chariot or something <laughs> with a crow. You know what I hated about that chariot, by the way? Here we go. This is a minor thing. It's okay. That's what we do. But it, you know how it has like the WWF paper things on it that you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Not really, but please keep talking about it. You know it. how like the you put up like a happy birthday hanging <laughs> sign thing? Yes. There's those like paper things on the chariot that say WWF and it looks like Roman like olive branches or something and it just it's so out of character. And that's what bothers you? Yeah, because it's also like <laughs> decorated with like deadly things too. Deadly things? Like what, nitrogen? <laughs> no, just like it's supposed to look dark or something. I remember it had like tassels on it. I don't know. Yeah, tassels are very intimidating. No, but they were black. Ooh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and a crow. And a crow. It might bite you. That whole... It could be cool, but it's stupid. It's so stupid. And the, yeah. The chloroform rag. He should have <laughs> come with the, like, you know how, like, Death has that thresher? What is that? A, a wheat thrasher? Thresher. No, thresher, thresher is a headbanger. Okay, well, I, I was right. Thresher? Thresher, yes. Thresher. Thresher. Yeah. The Grim Reaper. He should have come with that. Because isn't that, like, attributed with, like, olden Roman times and, like, death, like The Undertaker? I don't think death originated in the Roman times. It didn't. It originated since the beginning of time. However, right. older art has that. I don't know. It just... This match too, sucks. It's bad. <laughs> That's how great it is that we're talking about, like, threshers yeah. and, and crows. Are we putting it on because it's, it's terrible? Also, it's also a disqualification yes. victory for The Undertaker. Like, really? I know. Really? I know. I'm glad they didn't put Giant Gonzalez over at this match because that would have been the end of the streak. 
are we putting this on, Quinn? Yes, we're putting it on. There's like, there's no possible justification for this, right? <laughs> no, it should have never it existed. It was awful. There's yeah. nothing to like about it. There's never. nothing good about it. It is going into the desert to die, die, die. Die, die, die. So for number one, Undertaker, John Gonzalez, WrestleMania 9. Quinn, you were mentioning the handicap match. Yeah. Hard to disagree with that as being a bad one. But, but I got another one for you. Perfect. What about that big boss man one where he like hung him or yep. something in a cell? Yep. That has to go on there, I think, because, all right, folks, when you think Hell in a Cell, you get your mind ready for at least an entertaining bit of action, maybe some blood in the older days, yeah, some violence, right? It's two guys beating the crap out of each other, and you think Undertaker, definitely, right? You think maybe Shawn Michaels or Mankind, mm-hmm. maybe even Triple H. Someone you know? gets thrown off the top or something crazy. Right. You don't think Big Boss Man, and not only... The evil version. Yeah, I right? like that version. This is before he was the entertaining evil version. Yeah. This is before he stole the big show's dad's coffin. This is before. <laughs> is it before that? Yeah. Wow. This is before he made Al Snow eat his dog. Right. And you know what's sad about this match? What? A lot of times I will watch this WrestleMania. And I will actually confuse that the big boss man's going to fight Al Snow in the dog kennel thing, and the dogs are going to pee on the floor and all that. Like, ever, and you'd rather have that. But the, the point remains, why am I associating that with that in my brain? Like, well, it is a big pee stain, this match, yes. Because they both suck. They're terrible. Here's the thing. Not only is it the big boss man right. in 1999 in a Hell in the Cell match, which is just so weird. Yeah. It's The Undertaker at maybe one of his lowest points. Mm-hmm. He was really crappy in 99. Yeah, it was. they were trying to figure things out or yeah. something. I don't know what they, what was going on. Very diplomatic of you. Yeah. Not only that, it was heel versus heel. Right. Not only that, he, Boss Man gets hanged. Can the Boss Man beat Hunk from the cell? The yeah. Boss Man beat Hunk from the cell! Was that necessary? No! Like, I know he's like the Dark Prince or whatever the hell he is, but... Does he need to be hanging people? Is that where we're at in 1999? Yeah, we're going back to the 17th century here. You know, we're going to have a hanging. Well, we already went back pretty far with the Roman times, and that sucked. So maybe so there's a theme here. Yeah, time anytime, travel. Yeah, anytime he like does something like old school, no, yeah, pun, intended, no pun intended, it sucks. I think that's one of the worst Hell in the Cell matches ever. Yeah. The boss man does one of the wussiest blade jobs ever. It's just like, eh, like he yeah. cut himself shaving. You know, though. Yes. It's bad that I have to like stop you there because what about his match with King Kong Bundy? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Oh God. First of all, Bundy has the eyebrows. Right. Which yeah, just don't don't have those. Second of all, it's at WrestleMania eleven. Yeah, one of the worst. And doesn't it involve Kama stealing the urn and like melting it or whatever? Yes, it does. Yeah. And like some major league baseball ump is the referee. (laughs) I totally forgot about Larry Young. Who cares? And, That's a who cares. And, Put it in. Who cares? Vince is like, Vince is like, oh, this is a major league uh, baseball referee. They're on strike, but he's going to referee this. And you Meanwhile, know nobody knows like who, <laughs> what. You would just think he's a regular referee. I think I've seen pictures of this match and just thought, oh, that was just some ref. <laughs> he he, he looks, looks like a ref. He looks like a ref. What's the point of getting a ref to ref? 
Why would you do that? An umpteref, actually, to same, be more specific. But it's the same thing, right? I know. Yes, it is, Quinn. You're absolutely right. But I don't know. I think that match is bad. I think the boss man one is also very bad. You know, I'm surprised for the boss man one since it was a couple years later. They didn't get the guy who, like, the ref who, like, fixed basketball or whatever to ref. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do. That wouldn't be beneath them at that time yeah. either. Maybe Vince Russo couldn't get him. Yeah, or... <laughs> Rob James. What was that? Let's get on. Like that guy. <laughs> Rob James. Mills, Mills, Mills Lane. Lane. Yeah. Bullshit. The headbutt, unintentional butt. The headbutt was an unintentional butt. And, and, and I called his butt. <laughs> Rob James. Whatever his name was. So which one are we putting in first? Because I think they're both going to wind up in there, Quinn. <laughs> um, Undertaker boss man is suck on a huge magnitude. Because yeah, but, it's at a very prominent <laughs> WrestleMania. Hold on a moment. Hold oh the, no, there's hold more? Hold the phone. There's like so many to choose from i'm holding what about the one where he fought bray wyatt in a nobody thinks bray wyatt's gonna win match like, <laughs> that was the stipulation right yeah, yeah this is a nobody thinks bray wyatt's gonna win map yeah why did they do that see that could have been the second passing of the creepy torch no but that doesn't make any sense at that right. vantage would, point it, if yeah, you will really because bray Bray Wyatt, for about a year and a half at that point, all he would do was be like, and on the dark we're here. And then yeah, he would and then lose. He, and then he would abduct someone, but nothing would ever happen. Yeah. Like, he'd throw him in the, oh, he's in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. no. Like, yeah, and, and then he'd he be a lose. terrible wrestler. Yeah. He was awful. He was pretty bad. He still is, but I mean. He got better. A little better. Yeah, I don't know. I think Undertaker had no reason to fight the big boss man in the Hell in the Cell match and there'd be a hanging. Yeah. Do you hear the sentence I just said? Yeah. And it was in 99 when, like, everything was hot and everything was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Not everything was good. Okay, we'll put that in first. Undertaker, big bus man for yeah. number two, okay? Yeah. Die, die, die. All right, so we got Gonzalez, we got boss man, we've got Bundy that hanging around there. train and big show. What the hell with that? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what the hell? Why did they do that? I don't know. I'm, like, so confused when I watch that match. I think that was around the time also I stopped watching. So I don't blame that you. That goes to show you. And I only stopped watching for like a year or two during that point. But that was a good reason because 03, yeah, not fun. That match is just associated with a shit time period. It's a shit match and it should have never happened. You should never have The Undertaker having handicap matches where everyone knows he's going to win at WrestleMania. Like what? And. To be honest with you, yeah. it makes Big Show look stupid, which they always do somehow. They <laughs> somehow find a way. They never can help themselves. Ugh, Big Show. I just, I can't. Like, get it out of here, Joe. Die, die, die. I, now I'm thinking of Big Show in a baby diaper. I shouldn't even be thinking about that. It has nothing to do with this. But <sighs> Yeah, you know what? There's no justification for The Undertaker being in a handicap match against Big Show and A-Train. Yeah. I don't care. There was no reason for it. It didn't matter. It was stupid. It was pointless. It was dumb. I don't like it. Die, die, die. That's three. We are breezing through this. So now it's yeah. really going to come down to what is the worst out of Bundy? Mm-hmm. We got the Bundy. Yeah. Now that is a piece of shit. <laughs> that is a piece of shit. There's no there's an ump. way around that, and there's an ump. We also have the Bray Wyatt thing. I'm glad you brought that up. That's fair. <laughs> I would even okay. This is gonna this is gonna seem controversial. Yeah. What about the final match? His like retirement as Roman. a as a match. It is terrible. It was really bad. Do you think just because it's his last match, it's like you get what you pay for kind of thing? I'll tell you what. <laughs> 
and we don't talk about current too much. Well, we, we did talk about this did. because it was on the WrestleMania recovery episode, if you recall. We did. And I believe my sentiments were that Undertaker should have been done a long time ago. Right. And he should have been. He should have been done at that Triple H, leave the memories alone, and they all walk That would have been away, fine. Yeah, holding hands. Yeah. But Roman upheld his end of the bargain in that match. I don't care what he people was, say. He was fine. He was okay. I, I'm not saying he was bad. He just It was just whatever. Yeah. He couldn't carry The Undertaker, and that's kind of the... Not many can, though, here's the, Well, his opponents, other than Bray Wyatt, like, Brock made it work even though... Like, because yeah, he, was doing, was he was doing a specific thing, right? Yeah. And everybody else made it work before that. Punk made it work. Triple H made it work. Sean Shawn Michaels did. made it work. Even, like, I'm looking, like, Edge made it work. The Edge match was pretty good, too. Batista, I'm surprised we didn't yeah, think of that. Batista, Batista made it work. I think Undertaker carried that yeah. one, by the way. Um, and then before that, and it, it's kind of a good segue, um, Mark Henry. Yeah, what? Well, that's so unmemorable. That was unmemorable. a casket match, and I don't... I, I barely remember it's... that, and I don't know if not being memorable is a reason to put it into Death Valley when you have the likes of King Kong Bundy right. lurking around, so I'm going to just ignore that. But let's just close on the last match here, just to close that topic up, because I don't think it should go in. No, no you way. agree? Okay. It shouldn't go in. Yeah. It was fine. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it was it, it was fine at the end. I think they did the, the way they did it was for the Undertaker character for him to sink into the ground. Yeah, He's undead. He actually, yeah. The, and he actually lost. Yeah. He lost. Good. It. He should have lost that. That's fine. Okay. So. Bundy, back, man. Back to Bundy. I think it has to be Bundy. It has to be Bundy. And Who ever wanted to see that match? No one. You got to put everything in context, right? Right. It was in a bad year. It was at a very bad WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. This match did not need to happen. No, it didn't. And there was an ump as the ref. <laughs> yes. And don't forget comma. <laughs> don't forget comma coming in yeah. at the end. So, Quinn, I would say that is probably a clear number four. I think we've pretty much narrowed it down. Yeah, I would say so. All right. You know what? Let's just let's mercifully put this Death Valley to put bed all, here. Put it to an end. Can we please actually? Enough. All right. So for number four, Undertaker King Kong Bundy from WrestleMania 11. Ugh. Die, die, die. All right, well, that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Undertaker WrestleMania matches. We want to thank AJ Smith for the suggestion. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Yep. Well, Quinn, I guess there's nothing left to say other than when we come back, we are reviewing one of the worst things I've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> back after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Get in on all the sounds and action of the WCW with the Electronic Nitro Wrestling Arena. You activate the sound. Hear the call of the Wolfpack as Kevin Nash struts up the runway. Launch Macho Man from the top turnbuckle. Hit the ropes and hear the action as you fire Goldberg across the ring. It sounds just like I'm at a match. Lower in sting from the rafters. Hear the count as you pin your opponent. This is no ordinary ring. It's the best WCW wrestling ring ever. Who's next? The new WCW Electronic Nitro Wrestling Arena. Figures sold separately. Batteries not included. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us for episode number 49 on September 18th, 2017. Quinn, <laughs> we are reviewing something i just want to get this review over <laughs> yeah the, me too that was the worst thing we've ever watched it is and uh, we need to thank our very good friend the midnight rider for suggesting this on the box there yeah thanks <laughs> yeah in quotations yeah what we're reviewing quinn and folks at home there 
is Tuesday Night Titans, or by this point in 1986, TNT. I'm dynamite! And you want to tell that story why it's called yeah. that? Yeah, so in 1984, in mid-1984, the WWF decided, Vince McMahon actually decided, you know what, I want to be Johnny Carson. Yeah, I don't think anybody on Earth <laughs> thought that this was a good idea, but... They don't own the company, so they're, they they really have no say. Right. So somehow Vince McMahon uses a two-hour time slot on the USA Network on Tuesday nights to do a show where he's basically trying to be like a late-night show host. Yeah, it's like an Emperor's New Clothes situation. He, he's completely naked, and he's like, it's good, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and nobody can say no. <laughs> so from the mid-'84 until January of '85, we had a two-hour show on USA called Tuesday Night Titans, and Vince McMahon hosted it, and Lord Alfred was like his Ed McMahon, basically. Horrible choice for an Ed McMahon. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I know. I, it kind of makes sense you stylistically. Know, you know, it's funny. What? The, the the guy who's the host of this episode would have probably made a better Ed McMahon. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So in January of 1985, Vince McMahon has a new show, and it's called Primetime Wrestling. So that show actually takes Tuesday Night Titans time slot on the USA Network. Good, because it was <laughs> a lot better than this shit. But somehow Vince gets a Friday night one-hour time slot to continue Tuesday Night Titans. However, he's got to call it something else. Who would give anybody a time slot to essentially continue this vanity project? <laughs> like this what is it is. All it is is just like Vince wants to be something else. Like yeah. his whole career. <laughs> you, he doesn't even want to be wrestling. <laughs> never. He never wants to be wrestling. He's entertainment, remember? Yeah. And he's not good at the entertainment part and he of can it. do in his head any type of entertainment whether it be football right. bodybuilding <laughs> or late, a talk show late night talk show host <laughs> so from january of 85 until september of 1986 we have the friday night one hour tnt i'm dynamite it's the same thing it's just one hour thankfully it's half the length i just love that they call it tnt because they can't call it two Night right. titans but like then what if you're showing this to like a new person and you're like this is tnt they're like oh what does that mean i'm dynamite yeah dynamite <laughs> like i don't know in 1986 not only was this show still going but this is the hallmark of vince giving up on something yep vince stops hosting it right so usually when vince stops hosting something you know what i'm always thinking his brain says i can lay on the like if it fails yep. it's not my fault anymore yep. and i didn't fail in the same way that when they did the variety show thing of primetime yeah vince only hosted that for a few months and he turned it over to sean mooney right because it sucked it sucked and, and he knew it sucked yeah so let sean mooney take the fall <laughs> exactly. this is like a vince trademark <laughs> So, Gene Okerlund is hosting it by this point, and what we're reviewing, unfortunately, thank you, Midnight Rider, really, yeah. good one, is Tuesday Night Titans, or TNT, June 25th, 1986. So, we're right now about halfway between WrestleMania 2 and the big event, which was in August. However, none of that matters, because this is not a wrestling show. No, it, none of it matters. Like, it didn't matter what's going on in the squared circle, because we've got comedy. Because why would a show about World Wrestling Federation have to do anything with wrestling? That's such a good question, Quinn. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So we get the goofy intro with overdub music. It's on the network. It sucks, and they're so proud of, of it. Of the intro, right? Yeah, it's like the stars in the background. Yeah, they, they really think they've, like, hit it with, like, this is exactly like Johnny Carson. Remember <laughs> when there was, like, wrestling on Johnny <laughs> With, like, Don Morocco all over the place? 
<laughs> and the thing is, since this is the network version, you can't even hear Lord Alfred's introduction like it's over awful. the dub music. And it's really you know bad. what? Honestly, I'm not. That doesn't hurt it because it no. al- it's already bad. It's already bad. Speaking of bad, we uh, open with Mean Gene and his big red valet coat. Oh, yikes. Does this pick up on, on the monitor at all? <laughs> Blooms a little. Oh, my word. <laughs> Terrible. And this is also, Quinn, the puffy desk era of yeah, this show. it's like this type of desk that looks like a recliner chair. <laughs> yeah, but basically. Like the front of it does. It's yeah, really yeah, weird. Yeah, just the back of a recliner chair. You know, with the buttons. Yeah, the leather buttons. Leather buttons, <laughs> yeah. So Gene talks about Morocco and Fuji's bad acting careers, you know? And I'm like, this is a horrible idea for a show. Like, already, we're right like out of the gate. M- minute in. <laughs> so we get a clip of Fuji Vice, which... In its full context, is funny because it's stupid. Yeah. However, they kept the joke going way too long. Right. Which we'll get to. Yeah. But the best part of the Fuji Vice clip is that Fuji is just looking at the camera half yeah. the time and exactly. smiling. And that horrible like, actress, too. Yeah. Like, show what me your credentials. That? She's like, we need some credentials here. And then Morocco's like, here's my credentials. And he opens up a briefcase of money. She's like this sultry guard lady. I don't know what it is. She has like a one-piece 80, 80s bathing suit on. <laughs> Yeah. Impressive credentials. I'm sure the Seahawk will be glad to see you. Wait here. We're about to become rich heroes, partner. I don't know. Is like, she a hooker? Is yeah, she I, like I don't know what it is. I don't get it. I have no idea what's going on because it's all out of context. When we come back from the clip, the crowd boos. Yeah. Lord Alfred laughs. And Quinn, you said this is like an early version, this whole Fuji Vice and, and Morocco and their bad acting of them thinking they're in on the joke. Right. So you know how we mentioned I don't know if it was an episode ago. I don't know when it was, but the whole thing where like Vince thinks that because he's in on the joke, it's like the gobbledygooker, right? Mm-hmm. He thought that was good when they did it. Yeah. But when it wasn't, all of a sudden he just acts like, oh, yeah. see how stupid we were? <laughs> oh, that was all on purpose, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then, like, it's the same thing with this. Like, you cannot tell me that they didn't think that Fuji Vice was, like, good on its own merits. Yeah, and not, not because, ironically. Not ironically. I'm pretty sure that they realized it sucked, and then they were like, oh, (laughs) look how funny it is because it's so bad. I think you're right. I I don't know that for sure, but the theory sounds accurate, knowing the way Vince works. It goes by everything else. A lot of TNT is just like, it's looking at like Vince's mind. I know, and it's scary. It's scary. It is very, very scary. Morocco says everyone all over the world is chanting Fuji Vice, Fuji Vice. That's not true at all. It's not true at all. And then Gene says Morocco sucks at English. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Fuji's like, ah, that good the whole time. (laughs) And then we get a clip, and this is a great clip, of Don Morocco versus Danny Spivey in a very squeaky ring from the Boston Garden. It's like, you should put a clip of that, just the ring in there. So then we basically see Dan Spivey kicking Morocco's ass the so, whole clip. And also, I just want to say this becomes like a trend on this show. It does. But anyway, yes, yeah, Spivey just destroying him. Mark Eaton as the ref. Again, <laughs> yeah. how do we get Mark Eaton two weeks in a row on this show <laughs> refing things? I love when he's the ref. Gorilla and Lord are on commentary. And you said to me, Quinn, Morocco is so fat and shitty here. Okay, so this is something I don't understand about Don Morocco. What? Like, his upper body like from the pecs to like his arms and stuff mm-hmm. 
it's like he looks like muscular, right? Right. But below the pecs, he's got like a big pot belly. I don't understand like <laughs> physically how that makes sense. Steroid belly, man. Steroid belly. What do you mean steroid belly? It's it just real. looks like it just looks like he's got like a food baby <laughs> on the bottom that he's got to hold, and like I guess the proteins go to like his arms and pecs or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it doesn't make any sense. I think it's like the idea being you take all the steroids, right, and they yeah. do bloat you, but like you're only working out your like arms and shit because yeah. you don't care about anything else so your whole stomach just goes to shit basically <laughs> like dino bravo same thing yeah kind of but damarocco is like an extreme example like he is so fat i guess i yeah. sort of and he's kind but, of and he's strong so it doesn't it's a weird combination of things it is very weird it's a very weird paradox so anyway morocco throws spivey through the barricade and then he does it through another one which was kind of a cool right. bump actually yeah that was okay and then we come back from that clip and the crowd boos and here's a great great blooper here yeah, this is fantastic. Mean uh, Spivey was dressed in yellow tights, yellow knee pads, yellow boots. Right, and mind you, now they've flashed away from yeah, the match. Yeah, so we're back to the studio. Mean Gene says how great it was that Don Morocco could suplex the heavyweight champion <laughs> of the world. You certainly showed your wares very well there, Don Morocco, in uh, suplexing the heavyweight champion of the world. Well done. So, like, Morocco, uh... Morocco awkwardly has to correct him. He's like, that was Dan Spivey. <laughs> Very that was that was Dan Spivey, wasn't heavyweight Dan, champion. Dan Spivey, I beg your pardon. Yes. So Gene clearly not like I don't know how they produced this show, but I guarantee you that that entire clip was not played like for Mean Gene. He probably saw the tail end of it for it's the horrible. pickup. Yeah, I, I, and I just say this show sucks. Like it, it th- does. this, so, this, this is bad. Like it's bad. It's really bad. That should have never made error. They should have just like cut. Okay, do it again, and then <laughs> I know move on because it was right back from the break. They could have just redone that. Look, I can do it right now. You can edit this on the air. It's like. Oh, man, good job on the heavyweight champion of the world, Morocco. Action. Okay, good job on Dan Spivey, Morocco. (laughs) So, you also took issue with the backdrop, like the cityscape backdrop. Yeah. Because you can kind of see the wall, like... Yeah, it's weird. Like, you would think... They've been doing this show for a bit now, right? Two years, something like that. Yep. You would think they would at least make the the backdrop thing go to the ceiling, or at least like where the camera couldn't see. Right. It. Instead, they take this awkward shot where you can see like the wood paneling on the side of the wall. What a piece of shit! This show sucks. It does suck. And then, of course, Morocco has to get all defensive about how Gene doesn't like his acting. And then he's like, "Oh, Lord Alfred, why don't you quote some Julia, uh, some uh, Shakespeare?" So Lord Alfred quotes uh, Julius Caesar, but incorrect. Correctly, he doesn't say the line right. I'm glad you know that because I don't. All I know is, oh, he's English, so I guess he knows that. <laughs> Seriously, because Lord Alfred just thinks he's all smart. I know. I gotta say though, Quinn, not that McMahon was great at hosting this show, but he is much better than Mean Gene, and that is saying something. It's not saying a lot. <laughs> the show sucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, Vince McMahon. I've seen some of the Vince McMahon it's ones. Better. It's better. But not by much. Not by much. You're right. You're right. Get out of here. Like, don't act like Mean Gene's like ruining it. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's it's not any better than it was before. Just I, it's slightly worse. I guess you're right. And since we haven't had enough of Morocco and Fuji on the show, Gene challenges them to do comedy after the break. Ugh. So they come back, and we're going to do a comedy skit now. So basically, they come back out through the curtain. Don Morocco makes a ton of awful jokes while blatantly reading off a cue card. Yeah. 
And then Fuji, who's the straight man, he, his yeah. setup man, he just kind of grins a lot. The crowd kind of boos sometimes. Gene and Alfred, they keep like showing them laughing or fake laughing. Yeah, and then there's this weird, like a stick comes out of the curtain and knocks Fuji's hat off. Yeah, why did anyone watch this show? I don't know. Like, why? Okay, you're home, though, on a Friday night, right? Yeah. It's 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whenever this is on. Mm-hmm. Why the f*** would you turn this on? I don't, what I, redeeming quality is there? I, it's not Joe, even I can't, funny. I can't answer that question, and that's the problem with this show. <laughs> it's not even funny at all. No, <laughs> it never was funny, ever. <laughs> Hulk Hogan powder drink or whatever, is that like the best thing that ever happened on the show? I don't know. It's terrible. All of it's bad. They should have just canceled this after the first episode. It's awful. So the one <laughs> of like three maybe legitimately briefly funny moments here, <laughs> Fuji saying instead of how about some topical stuff, Fuji says how about some tropical stuff. How about some tropical stuff? Tropical, tropical. I don't care. Yeah, and that's the funniest part. I mean, of it, this well, it did make us chuckle a little bit, so I'll say that. But it, you know, when the we're standards re- haven't been set very high, the problem high. is, is we're reviewing this for you on the air, right? Yes. So, like now, we're like all mad. It's hard to take any of these jokes. Yeah, like they're good at but this point. Try sitting through the first twelve minutes of this. I, that's the other thing. <laughs> this is twelve minutes in. It's so How long. The hell! I felt like I've been watching it for an hour already. Yeah, I know. So then a giant pipe pulls Fuji off stage. And then he comes back in anyway. Great. Yeah. yeah no, Fuji's like, what is this? And then he just like comes back. I'm serious. Yeah, like, that's he, like, how... he no sells it, yeah, basically. He's like, wait, I don't get the joke. <laughs> he gets pulled up and he's like, no, 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 no. Mercifully, it's all over. Thank Great. God. That was the worst segment awful ever and they there's more there's more to come there's like three more segments and none of them are good yeah including the next one hercules did they really and it's not even like it's not power and glory hercules it's It's not not like roman god hercules it's just the the like maybe from south of the border hercules i don't know like (laughs) i don't know what his gimmick is here at this point like seriously so we come back from break alfred says that comedy was pitiful and you said to me quinn that you don't think lord alfred should be assessing comedy no never because he's not funny he's not funny he's he's like ironically funny yeah but he's not he doesn't make jokes like ever first of all He's not funny with, like, Gene. He's funny with, like, Sean Mooney. Yes. Or something like that. Sometimes Gorilla. Gorilla. Sometimes Bobby, like, yeah. their interaction. But not with Gene. No, they never. They have no chemistry, these yeah, two. not at all. So then Gene brings out Hercules Hernandez with an old-ass Freddy Blassie cane and everything. Hercules is very Hernandez-y <laughs> right, right now. He is, with the big fro. And he's got yeah. this, like, yellow tank top and shitty pants on. You know, couldn't they... Like, pick better clothes. You, you would think, right? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is like a Johnny Carson type thing. Right. So they would be in, like, suits or something. Instead, he's like, everyone's dressed like shit on this show. He looks like he just came from the gym. Yeah. He really does. I thought this was taped in Titan because of the way he looked, to be honest no, with you. No, this is still taped in their Maryland facility. They used to, Video One, I think it was called. Yeah, facility. Yeah, facility. It was a video facility. They did yeah. primetime there also, the earlier primetimes. So Gene, of course, asked Blassie about some affair between him and Mula, because haha. Old people, moolah. Freddie, anything to the continuing rumors uh, of a possible affair between the fabulous moolah and yourself? This so it keeps going on, yeah. by the way. And if you were wondering why they were making like Bob Euchre jokes, like at three, <laughs> like this is like the root of it. Yeah. 
This is it. It's like, oh, if you're over like 50, you might like Moolah. Yeah, that's basically what it is, yeah. right? And how mean is that to Moolah? <laughs> like, it's, she, she's got feelings. Like, how? what the hell? <laughs> Way to really hit your target demo there, guys, because kids really love those kinds of jokes, yeah, too, right? exactly. That's the thing, is that kids would only watch this because they would think, hey, it's more wrestling. Yeah, Hulk Hogan will be on it. I this like him. This is not for kids. No, and it's not even for adults. It's no. for senile fucking people. It's, it's for Vince it's McMahon's for Vince McMahon. brain. Yes, like, exactly. It's so he can show Linda and the kids, hey, look, I'm like Johnny Carson. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh. Like, can you imagine, like, little Stephanie having to watch this and being like, oh, yeah, it's good, Dad. It's good, like, Dad. Can I like, go now? Yeah, can I go play with my friends? Like, fuck this. Shane's like, like hey, can I go get high or whatever yeah. with my friends? Can I go like, hang out with my friends? With Pete Gas? Yeah. No, his friends. Remember from Sunday Night Heat? Yes, his friends. That's right. Yeah. Shane McMahon and friends. Yeah, he wants to go hang out with his friends. <laughs> so he says Hercules is the strongest man in the world. Well, Dino Bravo wasn't there yet, so I guess that's true. Guess so. And then we get a great clip. It's uh, Hercules versus Scotty McGee from the same Boston guess Garden. Guess who the ref is? Who is it, Quinn? Mark Yeaton. Again? Again, two wow. Market. Why do they always pick the worst clips? Like, they're all... Get, he's getting beat up. <laughs> Why? Why would you show that? I know, like, the match is almost over and he wins, but the majority of the clip... The wrestler who you're featuring... Yeah, is getting, is getting ass his kicked. ass whipped. That's not featuring them. No, it's not. That is not the point of this. A oh, horrible flying knee gets two from McGee. Hercules with a huge, like, backbreaker for the win. Backbreaker victory. Ba- backbreaker victory. What is this, 60s? <laughs> Yeah, but he pin him with a body slam. Yeah. Back to the studio, the crowd boos Hercules. So Gene here is like, oh, give me a break. I want to give you a test of strength, Hercules. So from behind his desk... He gives him curtain rods. He pulls out a three-quarter inch, he says, bar of steel tubing. So Hercules bends it around his neck, the crowd boos. Gene gets a one-inch tube instead. Hercules bends it around his neck, the crowd boos. Then Gene gets one of those, like, stretchy workout things. What was the point of that? And Like, like even Her- Hercules is like, what? He's uh- like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. What the heck are we, what are you supposed to do with this? Supposed to do stuff like this, what do you do, huh? And then, and then, so he just picks it up and puts it on Gene. Then he picks up Gene, and when they like go to commercial, they go to commercial yeah. or something. That was a thrilling segment. What, like, what was funny about? Why did they do this? Why is this show worth your time? <laughs> exactly. Tell me, please tell. There should be like an explanation in the middle of the show. This is why you should watch this because I, they're not showing me any reason to watch it. Like I, this. I would be hitting the remote, or if it's the 80s, I'd go up to the TV and hit the button on the TV. Whatever. i just have to get off this. I'd rather watch QVC. This is horrible. When we come back, Gene brings out Arnold Skolan. Come next on! Day. He doesn't even work here anymore. I know he has lifetime employment. He doesn't do anything, but though. But just give him a check and just be done with him. Don't know. And he's got a purple floral shirt on. Uh, Which Quinn says is his retirement shirt. Great. So mm. Skoland is like, oh, Lord Alfred's old. Ha ha ha. And then Gene, of course, because we can't get enough jokes like this. <laughs> he asks Arnold Skoland about the fabulous moolah. Uh, did, did you not some years ago uh, go on tour with a fabulous moolah down to Bermuda? He just did this in the print. Like, do they not? It's not get, funny. First of all, you're not supposed to like tell like the same joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Two minutes after the last time, <laughs> it sounds stupid. Is there any truth to you and Mula? Ha ha ha! Like who's laughing at that? Nobody. This Nobody. Whole- <laughs> Nobody's laughing at anything on this. This whole banter, and I'm using that word extremely loosely. <laughs> it's uninspired. It's not fun. There's no witty like rapport going on. It's nothing. 
It's like Gene being like, ha, ha, ha. And then the guests being like, hoo, hoo, hoo. Now, and they're Alfred. Like, they're all telling like stories like in most of these segments. But you can tell that they're kind of like, we can't really say what happened because it's we can't curse. Yeah. It's dirty. It, the stories that on the road are dirty. Like if this was a show. I'm, on HBO. I'm, assu- <laughs> I'm assuming that part of the inspiration of this is Vince said, oh, the boys have funny stories when they're on the road. Right. 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 But you cannot do that on television in 1985 or six or no, whatever. You can't, you can't say a, that. Not really. Even on cable. And Vince couldn't risk like USA. Yeah. Dumping the time. You can't slot. talk about hookers and throwing rocks through McDonald's and all sorts <laughs> of shit. Like you can't talk about that. Like <laughs> or eating like dogs or whatever Fuji made people do. Yeah, I don't know I, what it was. <laughs> Yeah. He did some weird shit. But here's the other thing I have to mention, Quinn. Arnie looks like he belongs at one of those Dean Martin celebrity roasts from yes, the 70s. He does. It looks like the board of directors of a massage parlor. <laughs> he like also those... looks like he belongs in like the dinner special, like before, you know, <laughs> like, what is that? The three o'clock dinner, old people. The spoke. early bird. Early bird. That's it. Yeah, it does, though. Like he's going to go get like a, like, like a shitty sh- shoes on. Don't they go over his outfit? Yeah, here's the thing. Okay, so first of all, speaking of outfits, Quinn, you asked me, why did Gene have to wear this red coat? Like, it's, did he really? It's really unnecessary. He should be parking cars. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a valet. At the early bird. And yeah. then we get a close-up. This is this is to, on television, okay? This is on television. This shows you that they had nothing, nothing. for they Arnie. Were, like, they were just like, we need to kill, like, three minutes or something. We get a close-up of his shoes, his socks, his khakis, and then that previously mentioned purple floral retirement shirt. And Gene's, like, explaining it or something. Yeah. And it's some joke about the socks. Yeah, how they're, like, crappy or I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's I, like I, Gene gave them to him. I almost think there was, like, some weird sexual joke that was supposed to be there, but it's bad and confusing and only for, like, six-year-old men. Yes. Like, like this show. Yeah. So that's it of that segment. That was a giant waste of time. We come back and Gene brings out Jimmy Hart. And Quinn, you want to explain Jimmy Hart's attire here? <laughs> so he's got the typical Jimmy Hart leopard print like <laughs> jacket. <laughs> jacket, right? It, and it's red and black leopard print, right? Yeah. Now, the rest of his outfit, it's basically like a Richard Simmons like workout thing underneath but it's matching the same as the coat it's red and black leopard print it's like spandex suit basically yeah and it's all tight and he's like you know how jimmy hart's like really skinny so skinny looks stupid and i think he's wearing like reeboks like black reeboks (laughs) and even lord alfred's like you look ridiculous and he's like no you do yeah he's saying how this is gonna be like everyone's gonna be wearing what he's gonna i don't (laughs) remember that ever happening no no one ever did only richard simmons obviously pretty much only richard simmons so he says adrian adonis the adorable one has a new clothes line coming out. So we're getting a fashion show from Adrian Adonis, and he comes out in a very matronly, like, <laughs> blue old lady he dress. He looks like he's going to church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the 60s. <laughs> and a white hat and, like, a goofy sun umbrella. They make some reference to, like, he looks like Princess Di. They do. Like, and he, what? And he doesn't. <laughs> no. This is horrible, though. And he's got sneakers on. Yeah. And this whole time, though, so, like, he comes out and he's, like, modeling, like, back and forth like it's a runway. Yeah. There's some loud-ass music playing, and it's not dubbed in. It's actually, like, from the thing. Well, I think part one of them wasn't, and then, like, when they do more of it, there is dub in, because Maybe. then it's like, then you really can't hear them. Because this whole time, Jimmy Hart is, like, <laughs> reading the modeling description off, like, a piece of paper. Adrian, you are beautiful, baby. Like a frozen daiquiri on a summer's eve. The accent appears is just enough to understand his good taste and joy. 
something they wrote beforehand. Yeah, and I'm sure it was very witty, but I couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so damn, we missed out on the oh, great humor there. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that it's like three minutes of that. Yeah, it's not like he just comes out real quick. It's so it's long, so long. They, and there was like ten, fifteen minutes left in the show. That's already felt like it was on for four hours. This was brutal. <laughs> it's horrible. Gene says, you've got to be jerking my chain. Great. We go to break. And when we come back, more Adrian. So we come back and Gene says that Adrian's fashions are going to be available at Woolworth. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Jimmy introduces Adrian again and his cocktail evening jacket with feathers and boa type he, stuff. He looks like flock of <laughs> seagulls. He doesn't look like a lady here. No, I don't know. I he, mean, it's not. It's a very flamboyant ladylike coat. However, in the 80s, yeah. I could see this right. like, as a normal man might wear this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, I'm not. Maybe not even a normal man. Like some, uh, man. <laughs> some guy in New York or London. Maybe in, like, the village in New yeah, York or exactly, something like that. Yeah. Now, this goes on way too long as well, and Quinn, you had a fantastic question for me. Did people watch this? <laughs> who watched this? This is Who would be here by this point in the show? In all seriousness. Unless you were, like, there was, like, some NBA game on or something, and you it was over, and you're like, oh, what's on TV? And you're flipping it, like... A man in ladies' clothing, great, and a flock of seagulls jacket. Like that's the only people that ever saw this. I think you're right. Yes, yeah. people that were like, watching basketball, or like yeah. whatever was on. In when was this? June, July, June of '86. June, yeah. so maybe basketball, maybe basketball. So Gene gets up from the desk to ask Adrian about this outfit, and Adrian's like, "It's self-explained." That's like all he said so far. Yes. And he could be he's funny. He's a good talker. Yeah, he's a good talker. He's very funny. What a waste of Adrian Adonis. I know. This whole thing. This whole I know thing. people are like, have fond remembrances <laughs> of it. Go watch it. It's horrible. It's not that like, good. Yeah, it, I agree. It might have been funny for five minutes to be like, oh, ha ha, Adrian Adonis is dressed like a woman. And then it's like, then what? What, exactly. What, what do you do after that? I think a lot of the romanticism about Adrian, uh, adorable Adrian, is because of the Piper match. Right. But that's not really because Adrian's gimmick was good. No. It wasn't that good. It was just they didn't like the biker th- thing or something. Yeah, the YMCA. I don't, I don't get what they, was so bad about it. I don't know. Unless it was Adrian's own idea. It could yeah, have been. Maybe. I, 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 I really don't know, but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get a clip of Adrian Adonis uh, versus Mario Mancini. This could have been on in 1982, this match. Yeah. Like, seriously. We're, Both uh, of these guys were there. W- yeah, they were, and we're from Superstars taping now, or I think it was actually no, still... No, this is also Boston Garden, no, it's not- too. I thought all these matches from the This Boston is from Garden. Championship, actually. Oh, great. With uh, Vince and Gokudashan. <laughs> yeah. Gokudashan, but... Oh, I mean, that's why, yeah. Yes. Okay, now, now I remember. And we've got an imitation Dave Hebner. So weird. Okay, this guy looks like Dave Hem- Hebner at first, right? Mm-hmm. But then you take a closer look, and you're like... Wait a second, he's a little taller, and he's got, like, a, a weird, dirt like, stash. dirt stash underneath. And then you're like, is this Hebner, like, when he first came in? I don't in? think it is, though. He's too tall. Maybe he's on a, stilts. I, I don't know. Get, Maybe he's yeah. got risers in his shoes. Why would he have, what, what six-inch risers? Because they hired both brothers, right? So they wanted to seem like different people. No, they hired Dave first. They got they got a Earl Durrell from the uh, NWA. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Okay, anywho. Good condition, Vince. V- good condition, Vince. <laughs> good night, Irene, I think. It's gets like a the Cobra win. Clutch or like a, a million-dollar dream or something. Yeah, and I thought good night, Irene was a regular it's sleeper, just a re- right? I'm almost positive it's just like a regular sleeper. So he uses a, a Cobra Clutch for the win. He pr- 
prances around the ring for way too long. And yeah, then we, Jimmy's like draping his like God. scarf on him. I, what? It's such a wa- they they are wasting so much time on this show. Well, this is the big main event of TNT, <laughs> I guess, is to I, yeah. show off Adrian Adonis and his dresses and <laughs> terrible matches. <sighs> Back to the studio for Gene and Jimmy Hart and some alleged banter. And Jimmy Hart then mocks Lord Alfred for the second legitimate funny moment of the show where he just makes fun of his laugh. It's funny, briefly. Gruesome or grotesque? <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the big hooters. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then we bring out Adrian again in oversized, like comically oversized sunglasses, like the joke sunglasses. Yep. And a rainbow like robe and a straw hat. And then he removes the robe after like four minutes to reveal a bikini. Horrible. <laughs> this this is the worst. It's so bad, Joe. Why the hell did we watch this? Well, it was requested. It still sucks. It's horrible. It's really bad. I'm not going to lie. I never want to watch this show specifically ever, ever again. again. Tuesday Night Titans, you mean? No, yes. I'm fine with or that. TNT I don't, or whatever. they. I don't care what year of it. I don't care who's on it. Yeah, no. I don't need to ever see this show again. It's literally, folks, this segment here, again, like four minutes of Jimmy Hart reading something off a of paper, right. Adrian prancing around, and then after the four minutes, he he's wearing a bikini, and that's the big joke, I guess, Great. right? There's more. Don't oh, there's more. It's not over. Don't worry, because yeah. Gene calls Adrian sweetheart, and then he's like, oh, I think you have a, you lost one of your hooters there. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Hooters is what we called in the business. Is he saying Adrian's fat and has boobs? Yeah. Great. Then Lord Alfred says that he would have a pregnant hippopotamus wear that bikini. That was okay. That was kind of funny. And here's the funniest part of the show. Adrian mocks Lord Alfred's laugh and then says, what war did you ever win? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty funny. Lord Alfred, would you buy one of these? I well, I might do if I had a pregnant hippopotamus could wear it. (laughs) 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 What war did you ever win? And then he walks away, we cut away, we come back, and of course, because this is just so funny, mm-hmm. Lord Alfred comes out now wearing that uh, rainbow robe, what wearing the he- his sunglasses and what the hat. The- yeah, what the hell is this? Why is this show not over? <laughs> like, seriously, I don't need any more of this. Enough! Get it out of here! Out of here! No more! <laughs> the crowd boos. <laughs> and Lord Alfred puts the hat on Gene, and they both think it's, like, so funny. Great. We wrap up, we go to credits. Executive producer, Vince McMahon. Why would you put your name on this? Horrible. Kerwin was the director, though. And yeah. Kevin, I feel bad for... Kerwin. I don't feel bad for Kevin no. Dunn ever, but, but for Kerwin, Kerwin this, is, this is beneath him. <clears throat> well, that was Tuesday Night Titans from June 25th, 86. Quinn, your thoughts? The worst thing we've ever touched. Yep. Reviewed ever. Agreed. Horrible. Never, never, never again will we... Like, I will do any other show, bad or good, again. Yep. But this, no. Never. I'm nev- never. Never doing it again. Sorry. Yeah. This is the biggest waste of time of a show. I don't know how wrestling thought this was a good idea. Like, a wrestling promoter thought this was a good idea. I don't know. I mean, Quinn, you and I are very forgiving and very, you know, good when it comes to embracing some of the goofier aspects of 80s WWF. Here's the thing. There is literally no redeeming value on this. <laughs> no, it's a, it does nothing. It doesn't advance storyline. No. Even. Like, you would think a show right. where you can talk to the wrestlers, they'd be like, I hate you, so-and-so, but there's none of that or mm-hmm. any confrontation, nothing. It's just a waste of time. It's just a Vince McMahon vanity project. He thought he was so good. Yep. He, you know, now he's got a bunch of money and he thinks, oh, I can do whatever I want. And yep. this sucks. No. And he surrounds himself with a bunch of glad handing. Yes, man. As CM Punk says. <laughs> and this is the kind of bullshit you get. This. Damn. Wow. But you're right. I mean, 
Look, Vince has never been funny, really, at, 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 at no. this. He's not funny. He's good at, like, promoting his product, but yes. this is not promoting the product. This is not even his product he's promoting. Like, what is he prom- What is this? Did he think that he would be able to just float the program until he could get real guests? But then it just sucks so much that nobody <laughs> wanted, like, he's thinking, oh, I'll get, like, Tina Turner or something yeah, eventually, if I can, like, prove my point. Phil Collins. Yeah. Who else was big in the 80s, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. I think I think this is just, like, he thought he could hold the, the, the down the fort here. He's so talented, right, that he could make it work with anyone, he and didn't. eventually the big names would come, like, oh, yeah. Tom Selleck or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. It didn't work. This is not funny. I mean, literally, I'm not... I wasn't expecting much because I know that this show wasn't good. Right. This was well below my expectations. Right. I expected something that was actually badly entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like We've watched tons of things that are bad, but they're fun. This was not entertaining. No. It was just bad. It was off-putting. Yeah. It was frustrating. Yeah. The banter, and I use that term loosely, is hard to follow. They're like, no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. If the whole point was to like emulate a late night show, they did a shitty job. They have a half-assed <laughs> set, yeah. and all they did was stick their three TV cameras in there and have Mean Gene ad-lib. Meanwhile, the studio audience was like 16 people. Yes. It was horrible. And, and obviously, I'm sure they're just WWF employees. Oh, yeah. No, who, who, hell who would, would go pay to see this? Yeah, exactly. Who would pay? <laughs> who, who, would even, who would even watch it for free on the TV? <laughs> so, like, this, like, this is the early days of cable, right? This is on USA. Yes. If you saw this, you'd be like, why am I paying for a monthly for television? Because that's like a new thing. If you saw that this is the kind of shit we get... Fuck that. No, no, just no. I'm not watching USA Network anymore. Like, that's like what I would think if this is what I saw. Like, I, like, it's 85, right? You might first get cable. Yeah. And you would see this is the, oh, I guess USA Channel's bad. Look at this bullshit. And then you would just like switch to ESPN or something. <laughs> MTV. Yeah. You know, one and of the worthwhile channels. Like, <laughs> you know what's funny too, Quinn, is they were able to use a show to put people over. To show wrestling more than this. It wasn't this show. Uh, no, and it was very entertaining Entertaining banner, and that, of course, would be primetime wrestling. Right, exactly. Much better show. Wonderful show. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's how you mix in the comedy, but your primary focus is wrestling. We're going to have to eventually like review like a full, I know it's two hours, but like, at some point... Okay. Just to because I need to first of all like wash this out of my mouth. Yeah. Second of all, like it just needs to be shown like this is how you do it. Not right. this. Right, right. Not this junk. Even, Get it out of here. Even variety show primetime from ninety one is better than this. Yes. It is, and that, and it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. But I think the true like realized form is the Bobby Girl and Gorilla and Bobby. version. Hell yeah, that is how you do a show that is not a live wrestling event, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not like a Cindy like superstars. That's how you do a cable recap show. Right. To put over characters, to put over the product, but also to have fun. I guess Livewire is a good version of that too. Yeah, like in the early was, days. It was pretty good for a few months. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I agree with you. So that is TNT. Thank you ever so much, Midnight Rider. You should really. just hit the die, die, die at the end of that. You know what? Yeah. That's going into Death Valley just like with everything else that's yeah. in Death Valley. Yeah, just enough. As a television show. So you know what? Die, die, die. Yeah, it's getting F a special induction. Yeah, yeah, special induction. <laughs> Worst show we've ever watched. It is. Like, it actually is. It's worse than Nawa. Yeah. It's worse than any of the bad Cindy's of WWF we've watched. Right. It is awful. But folks, you know what's not awful? 
our season finale is coming up next week, and there's going to be some crazy things happening. I don't know what they are because, you know, obviously Lord Alfred's putting all that together. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad performance this week <laughs> on uh, Tuesday Night Titans. Yeah, but, but hopefully. Hopefully next week he has something. Yeah, he can redeem himself. Yeah. So, folks, thank you so much for the past 49 episodes plus specials, and we will see you, of course, next week for episode number 50. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, go to our Facebook group, go to our website, get that suggestion box, keep sending stuff in, Rushmore's reviews, anything else you want us to talk about, we're happy to hear from you. Yeah, always. So always. send them in because we love in. it. We absolutely do love it. And folks, we will be back next week. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. See ya. See ya. Here we go, as planned. Lord Alfred, get ready for this. Yucks for bucks, if you will. (laughs) Live from the TNT studios, it's America's newest comedy team, soon to be seen in Las Vegas. Los Angeles at the Comedy Store, Zeke's Bar and Grill in Jersey City. Would you please welcome for the debut, here on TNT, of this comedy team, Mr. Fuji and the magnificent Morocco, right here. Great to hear, be here tonight. I just flew in from coast. Boy, what a trip around here. How hot was it? I'll tell you, it was hotter than Joan Collins on a wedding night. It got so bad that some of the Hollywood stars were getting together to raise money for air conditioning. Needy, they're calling their concert Kool-Aid, which reminds me of the time I raised money to help a musical group and called it Band-Aid. Eat your heart out, Bob Hope. Actually, I just got back from playing Las Vegas. You play Las Vegas? I'll tell you, I walked through so many casinos and clubs, I almost developed club foot. I put more money in the slot machines than Liberace spends on suits. And the showgirls, wow, are they ever beautiful. How beautiful are they? They're so beautiful. They make, they make Bo Derek look like Rambo. Will you stop, 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 stop.